When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. And all of you only get me tonight, regardless of what you might have heard just a few minutes ago. Yes, this is Jay Bird watching. I am Craig Borden, your host. And tonight, joining me, um, apparently new friend of the show. That's going to just be first time every couple months or something, it seems like. But I'm with Eric Rosenheck this evening. How are we doing, buddy? Uh, well, I'm doing better compared to 24 hours ago when I had a pretty <laughs> brutal stomach bug. So yeah. I, the fact that I'm sitting up and able to communicate and speak in somewhat coherent sentences is, uh, is a miracle, to be honest with you. At least articulate enough for it to be on this show anyways. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so on that fact, as I start bringing my one beer for the show here, because I can't have the barroom chat for Blue Jays fans and not have a beer in my hand, I can completely understand why you might be abstaining from that this evening. <laughs> but yes. Um, to that point, did a second series win in a row possibly help you with your uh feeling a little bit better Eric. oh well it certainly did um you know that week both those series against miami and oakland uh not a good start for either one of them and and both were bad in in distinct fashions right but you know what when i think back to this past week uh i gotta give a big shout out to santiago espinal and ernie clement because I would argue that the uh, that first win against Miami in Game Two of that series that was probably the biggest win of the week. Um, they were scoreless. It was like the seventh or eighth inning. The offense uh, and the offense from our our, our traditional sources, the Vladdies, the boats, nothing was happening. And then Espinal came up. He was pinch hitting, gets a big hit, a double. He gets into scoring position. Ernie Clement comes up and uh, gets Espinal in. Um, finds a ball that gets into no man's territory and uh, Springer brought him in as well. And that was it two nothing. And I would say that that win, you know, certainly, certainly helped change the momentum for the team uh, leading, was, into, yeah. leading into was, the uh, Oakland series as well as finishing with Miami. Yeah. I would go to say it, um, Eric, that that might've been the start of what we saw as a final outpour yesterday against the uh, Oakland A's. But um, you know, we went into that series and with against Miami in Miami, um, knowing that Miami was playing a little bit better baseball than they had been all season, we got trounced 
in that first series or first game of the series to the point of near embarrassment. And by near embarrassment, I mean, I was hiding my shame and still walking around work with a Blue Jays shirt on the next day. But to that point, everybody was like, wow, did you see that last night? I'm like, yeah, I did. That's why I'm wearing this. I'm trying to feel better about it. <laughs> so um, trying to like, you know, turn the frown upside down, I think. Um, but those guys that you just called out there, I think that they got the thing going a little bit. We're obviously having a rough time scoring runs over the last week prior to that game. And just to get the wheels moving a little bit, it's amazing what having those guys in the bottom of the lineup and a, and a role player in both of those ca- occasions with Ernie Clement and Santiago Espinal be the one that really got it going and actually was enough to carry the offense in the great per- pitching performance that day. Um, the next day, you get the offense finally starting to churn a little bit, a six to three win on Wednesday. Um, what are you thinking as like that was a turning point for this team to where we've seen it over the last few days? They've scored four runs every game since that uh, two run win. Well, the offense certainly woke up in game three against Miami. Uh, you know, Kevin was good. Kevin Gosman was good in that game. Not at his best, though. Not at his best. And thank goodness the bullpen was uh, pretty airtight that day. But, uh, yeah, you can see things turning around, which is great to see. You know what? The Friday game, though, against Oakland, you know, and this was one of those hair-pulling situations where they get they score four runs in one inning and then stone-cold silent. But you yep. know what? They came back Saturday, scored seven runs. Uh, Sunday, it just went to town. Uh, you know it's a good offensive game when, it, like, almost every single person in the lineup is contributing. So, yeah. um, you know, you just hope that that continues. and. Um, you know, as long as everyone uh, keeps things going and everyone contributes, it's it's things are going to turn around. And you can tell things are turning around because finally, after after a few weeks sort of on the outside, they're finally back in a playoff spot. And, you know, we have to acknowledge, you know, New York's not or the Yankees aren't playing at their best. Uh, Houston isn't yeah. at their best. Uh, the Angels, despite just crushing Colorado one day, uh, the next game they lost to Colorado. So, uh, you know, things the karma is good. The vibes are good right now with the Jays. Yeah. Trending in the right direction. And I think I was, I, when I was trying to name tonight's episode, I was like, I, I understand it's the Oakland A's and the Miami Marlins, but at that point we were playing some pretty damn crummy baseball. So I can only take it with some, uh, you know, such a bad thing that, you know, they were quote unquote underperforming teams that we just beat up on for the two, four wins to two losses over the last six games. But it just felt like, um, Saturday that the team got their swagger a little bit. You know, Vladdy finally hits a home run in the Rogers Center for the first time mm-hmm. in the season and then turns around and does the same thing the following day. Feels like things were going back to normal. And I don't know if it was just a weight lifted off their shoulders. You saw them celebrating after that first home run on Saturday for Vladdy and Rogers Center. And it was like, okay, now he's allowed to have fun. After the game, he <laughs> untucked the shirt thing and slipped the hat around. But then he kind of like does a heel click. He's running off of the field kind of thing. So I've been wondering when this team starts having fun again and starts clicking to that same avenue. Did you feel like that maybe have happened? There was a little bit of reversal over the weekend. Yeah, well, you know, what? winning cures all. Winning cures all. You know, when you think back to 2015, 2016, 2015, uh, when they're just steamrolling their way to a division title, everything is clicking. Everyone's smiling. Everything is positive. 2016 was a different story, if you remember. They had to sort of scratch and claw their way to get into a playoff spot. And, you know, August, they kind of went through a little bit of a funk. And things weren't going well. And suddenly you heard about 
oh, the things in the clubhouse aren't good. The guys aren't getting along. All these negative things. And then suddenly they win. They manage to pull it out. And we're not hearing those things anymore. So you know what? No. Winning cures everything. And uh, as long as they keep winning, everything's good. Yeah. I did want to, before we talk too much further into the series and stuff like that, is I do want to talk about, obviously, all the outpouring of offense on Sunday and whatnot and some of the key role players over the weekend as well. But I've been hearing nothing but everybody get on Vlad Jr.'s case for the last how many weeks? And I'm oh like, don't gosh. worry about it. What are you, you expecting? He's not a bum. He's not going to, it's going to come and it's going to come like a freaking you know, force of nature at some point. And you, the you thing know, I think tells me, Eric, is he was doing good. Yeah. He's you know what? Vladdy. This is what drives me crazy about how people treat Vladdy. Like <laughs> Toronto sports fans, and I, I, okay, Toronto sports fans, Blue Jays fans, they build up. They've built up Vladdy to a certain level. They've put so much expectation, so many expectations uh, on this guy, even before he got there, even way back in 2018 when, when people are like, demanding it's him. one home run in Montreal and everybody loses their, loses their exactly. Games, right? Even yeah. before that, even before when him and Bo were playing in Dunedin, people were hyping this guy up. And I just, you know, I, I remember watching it. I'm thinking, you know, this kid, he's only, he's 19, 20. What are you doing? Right. What are we doing here? You know, it reminds me of what in the NHL when they draft all these young players and, you know, all these exceedingly crazy expectations we put on people. Oh, you mean like and, how I'm wearing a Buffalo Sabres shirt right now and the yes. fact that Jack Eichel sucked for how many years? Now he was a Stanley Cup. I was going to say that Stanley Cup champion, Jack Eichel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but so you get to say that just like Ryan O'Reilly did the year after he left <laughs> Buffalo. And I just think it's hilarious, too, because right now that Ryan O'Reilly is uh, looking pretty damn good for the Buffalo Sabres in a trade and getting everybody back to uh, what it's going to be a winning team near it quickly in Buffalo here. But right. the Vladdy thing, I agree with you. It's like, you, you know, you can you can only set the bar so high. We knew he was going to be good, but I just, you know, I look at his stat line. If you were telling me he was shit and I was a guy who didn't watch the games and would look at this stat line, I was like, what's the problem? Exactly. Exactly. He's got People 49 expect- RBIs, 11 home runs, and 284. That's right there. Exactly. He's a solid offensive contributor, except, but, you know, we've built him up. We've hyped him up so much that, you know, we expect him to hit 50 home runs and collect 100 RBIs and, and have an OPS over, you know, with, you know, 1.00. So, you know, this is just, so this, I want to point this doesn't this surprise out. me. Yeah, I'm going to list off another gentleman that's got very similar numbers on minus the uh, batting average. And uh, as soon as I tell you the name, you're going to be like, okay, well, that's him. <laughs> 255 batting average, 17 home runs, 41 RBIs, and he scored 40 or 50 runs. Do you have any guess on who it might be? Is this a player on the Jays? It is a Major League Baseball great. I will give you a, a division is American League East or West, I mean, sorry. Oh, is it Shohei? They're not too far off, dude. Trout. It is Mike Trout. Those are his numbers from his current stat line at a 2.5 war. And that's basically where Vladdy is right now. Wow. Well, you know, and, you would, and everybody's saying, oh, Mike Trout's looking like Mike Trout again. It's so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, but he's still batting 251. <laughs> Vladdy's got those same numbers. And nobody's saying anything different. Where is, when's he going to show up? I keep hearing. Yeah, exactly. So, and look, as long as he keeps contributing, like, look, if he hits, if he just hits singles and doubles, mm. I'm okay with that. Because if it leads to wins, who's complaining, right? And to that point, the biggest thing I think that people forget on this whole thing, too, is that Vlad Guerrero is not just a bat anymore. Mm-hmm. He is a full 
defensive package at first base. And right. I think people really need to remember that too, because you're not just getting the glove. Um, it's the whole package. Like I mentioned, just think of how far we've come from first baseman, right? Um, if you talk a few years ago when we were, you know, competing and we were, you know, trying to get past the Royals in the playoffs and stuff, Justin the smokes playing first base, right? Or Chris Colabello. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you look at Blue Jays, great first basements. You almost got to go all the way back to Delgado or John Olerud before you find somebody that's even in the ballpark of war at right. first base to what Vlad Jr. is currently doing. Yeah. You and know? you remember when Vlad was supposed to be a third baseman? There is that. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you remember I, back in the pand- in the unicorn season of 2020, everyone was, was crapping on Vladdy for his, his defensive skills. And not right. only that, Craig, who's the, who's the, who's, who's the bench coach? One of the best first basemen of all time, who's even helping helping Gla- Vladdy go from a gold glove to, hey, even more gold gloves. Correct, and I think that's a that's something that Blue Jays fans get to look forward to, regardless going forward. He's going to make amazing plays in the in the uh, first base position, and just to put this away, I think he's heated up appropriately. Over the last week, he is batting three fifty with seven RBIs, two home runs, and three triples. I, I'd say he's figured it out again. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and to that point, I know there's some different competition coming in town. Like I said, we'll get to that shortly. But the fact that we did finally get to see somebody be- get beat up a little bit on Sunday, and I think it's kind of ironic because you called out the game where we won two to nothing against the Miami Marlins the day where we kind of flipped the script a little bit. What was going on the previous week, and the guy that was pitching on both that occasion and on Sunday when we just destroyed the Oakland A's. You say Kikuchi. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the fact that he's been, I, I still can't say enough good things. Has he been insanely good? No. But has he been way better than a fifth starter should be? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, look, I've said it many times before. Hey, if they could pitch like Cy Young's out there, that's great. But as long as they can go out six, seven innings, uh, you know, give your team a chance to win. That's all right. we need. Just give your team a chance to win. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And you know what? It helps. He got a lot of offense early and often. So that certainly helps yeah. him as well. Um, you know, remember at the end of the season, I mean, the poor guy, he felt he was clearly embarrassed about what happened. If I'm not mistaken, he stayed in the States. He could have gone home to Japan, but he stayed in the States, went to the uh, PDC, spent pretty much all of winter there working on his mechanics, working on everything. He even said yep. in spring training when, uh, when they're talking about the pitch clock, he said, listen, I love the fact that there's the pitch clock because now I don't overthink. And that's playing a role. And hey, and keep to it that going. Point, I don't think it's helping just him either. I, I've seen a few other Blue Jays that that's helping to that point. I think that's part of the reason that Jose Barrios is finally, mm-hmm. um, you know, regardless of the fact that he was one of the fastest working pitchers on the Blue Jays rotation. It's that next piece to it. It's like, I have to work this quicker. It's not going to work. So there's just no chance for you to even, like Kikuchi was saying, there's nothing to get in the head. Just focus and throw. Yeah, just pitch. Exactly. You know, it's the old adage I used to teach kids when I was playing, you know, coaching and stuff. It's like, I know it feels hard, but you're playing catch at the end of the day with a guy Mm -hmm. behind the dish. Try ignoring the batter to a certain point. But when I know it's hard, as a guy that pitched, tried and failed. Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Um, I know it's not easy, but I do think that when you can find those ways to boil it down to something simple, and I see that's what you say Kikuchi's done, and it's working in spades to the point where he's had two incredible outings over the last week. 
Oh, he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. And I bet, you know, there's a lot of like people in the, in the Jays Twitter world. A lot of people are eating crow. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Don't give Jose Bautista that giant contract. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, you know what? That's I, my favorite one. Dude. <laughs> this is me. See, this is why I can't be a baseball GM. Because if I was a baseball GM, I would just give a blank check to Jose and say, hey, Write down whatever number you want. It's yours. I'd be the one dr- leading the 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 uh, convoy of trucks filled with money for his house. But that's why that, I think with my heart, I can't do that if I'm a GM. So, <laughs> so you're, we're gonna see where this heart goes later with a, a recent rumor floating around that might be fun to talk about. So on that note, Yusei Kikuchi's thrown 13 innings over the last seven days, only given up four hits in one earned run, and only walked two. I think that is the more impressive number out of all those numbers. So you knew the strikeouts were going to be there. He had, he had 14 strikeouts in 13 innings. Um, so, but to that fact that, you know, he's found the way to increase the strikeout to walk rate substantially over the last two starts. I, I cannot say enough good things because you look at that same time frame. Gosman and Barrios did really well um, in each of their starts, but they each gave up a two-run or a three-run run stint. Mm-hmm. Chris Bassett gave up four, but had a really rough day at the ballpark because his team didn't help him out too much yeah. on a couple of key errors. But to that point, he's right now out of the main four. He had the best week ever, you know, kind of thing going. Yeah, so. and well-deserved. As Again, just give them a chance to win. That's yeah. all we need. And then the perk with the off day today worked out pretty well with the fact that we didn't have to worry about the Alec Manoa spot. Mm-hmm. Well, we so will. We can go July right 1st, it. they will. July 1st, they Correct. will. Although they seem to have, I'll tell you, Trevor Richards, you know, going into this season, he was, uh, he was a big red flag for me, but he is, he is, he's making me crow because I was definitely wrong about him. He is, he is pitching phenomenally well and he's, uh, he's done well as an opener. I, I hope that continues yeah. until Alec is ready whenever, whenever that is. Correct. And the rumor is that he might actually pitch on July 1st for Canada Day. I don't know how I feel about that because I'm still waiting. I, there's no, he's been pitching at the rehab facility, the, you know, athletic facility down mm-hmm. in Dean, Florida. I haven't seen that he's actually had a start. Um, I don't remember. Maybe he has, but I'm pretty sure that I'm not just saying <laughs> I haven't heard news. Yeah. He hasn't been getting into any game action. Seems like he's doing a lot of the uh, simulation baseball that they, they do down there and uh, spending a lot of time in the lab. And look, I, I, I just hope there's a Mel queen down there. To help him out. Same I way think Mel there Queen is a Mel Queen down there. Oh, looks like Craig is frozen. But, uh, you know, when Alec is ready, um, you know, hopefully he performs well as we sit here waiting for Craig. Oh, there you are. <laughs> oh, and he's frozen again. He's frozen again. So, yeah, look, Craig is right. Uh, it looks like Alec hasn't gone into any game action, but it seems like that is the next step uh, for him. And, um, no, we don't see what's going on down there. Uh, we just only hope that it's uh, it's imp- he's improving and he's finding some kind of zen and uh, you know everything is coming back together. He's still there, Craig. I'm, oh, there I'm going to get in a wave because it's thunder and lightning outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, apparently it's going to be like that. There's a loose something somewhere that's probably screwing my internet over. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, I was trying to say there might be an equivalent of Mel Queen down there. 
Uh, but the fact that Hyunjin Ryu is also mm. rehabbing at the same facility. And we know how buddy-buddy he was with Alec Manoa when he came up to the majors. Um, I really am wondering if that relationship, Eric, is going to be one of the reasons that he has a little bit of resurgence here. Now, I hope. Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm praying for Alec every day. It comes down to a lot of times the right set of eyes. You mentioned Mel Queen. You know, that was a perfect example of having the right person in the right time to straighten somebody. <laughs> so it is what it is. But to that point, I really do think that, that we are far from Alec Manoa being a Ricky Romero situation, I think. Right. That was all sorts of stuff that went into that, you know, equation to unfortunately. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky tried to do too much. Ricky was trying right. to carry his, you know, you remember 2012, everyone was injured and uh, Ricky was bothered by his knees and he, he carried the, tried to carry the team on his back and, you know, yeah. it could, and I mean, maybe there is something with Alec in terms of an injury or so, something bothering him. Who knows? Yeah. It's I'm not, I'm not Alec Manila. I can't tell exactly. you to that point. I, um, I figure they'll figure out whatever it is to get him to that back to that level because there's so much talent, so much talent. And I'm, I can't believe some of the stuff I keep reading in baseball news, period, that says the Blue Jays are going to trade Alec Manoa at the deadline for somebody. Oh, for and, fuck. And I'm just thinking, like, why would you even sell that low as a Blue Jays owner? That sounds like clickbait to me. Oh, 100% clickbait. I'm not, I'm not trying to go into a giant piece of that one, Eric, but I just think it's hilarious because it's not just regular writers saying it. It's like the ESPN quote unquote gurus for baseball trades and stuff but like that. Who, that would take, who, would, who would take Alec? And what are we going to get back for Alec in his current state? Right? Correct. And that's what I would say. Like I said, you're selling low the guy that was trending towards Cy Young. <laughs> you know, it's you know, like you stupid. Okay, and let's say, okay, uh, this is super hypothetical, but let's say it's the Angels saying, hey, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you Otani and he'll, you know, you guys can sign him for a contract and, you know, for Alec. Okay, sure. Okay. There's it's, a, there, but you're not going to get that value. Exa I don't think well, right exactly. Now. But that's, that's a situation where you would consider trading Alec. But still, no, you, this is, no, this is not the time. And I, I can't imagine the Jays would just give up on him after everything. You talk about a Blue Jay prospect or somebody as a young arm that would get traded before him. I, you know, Ricky Tiedman would be mm -hmm. on the block quicker than I would think Alex Manoa would be. Exactly. But to that point, I love Ricky Tiedman too, and I look forward to seeing more from Ricky Tiedman. But we'll see. But to that point, I just think it's hilarious that he's going to find something out down in Eden, and they're going to click, and it's going to come back. I just hope it's sooner rather than later. Well, of because course. what do you get? But I also don't want to rush it. You, like right. you mentioned, Trevor Richards has been the eat crow candidate for all Blue Jays fans this year, <laughs> me included. Um, I'm going to make a joke here that I think you'll uh, you'll appreciate. Um, Trevor Richards is this year's Aaron Loop. <laughs> <laughs> My God, you know he's and Loop's still going. I think he's with the Angels, is he not? And he's actually doing quite well still with the Angels, or at least he was up until this year. I don't know um, what his current stuff looks like this year. <laughs> I, I kid you not, Eric. I saw Aaron Loop pitching here in Rochester with the Buffalo Bisons probably 2019. Hmm. And I was like, this guy will never pitch in the majors again. Well, hey, listen. It was things, that bad. Things happen. <laughs> People I'm I mean, glad he, he made me crow. I really do because I liked him. He's a great guy. So, I do know how our fan base is, the Blue Jays fan base. And, you know, I'll admit I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with them. But uh, there's... they, like they the Twitter verse. 
Yeah, well, there's always got to be a scapegoat. This need for a scapegoat, and he was that. And I just, I just don't see the point. I never see the point with a scapegoat because it's not like they're they're purposely going out there to stink. This, these are the best players in the world, and you know, you know, you gotta you gotta cut them some slack. Things, you know, they're trying to do the best they can. Yeah, and the biggest thing for Trevor Richards, I think, same thing as we were talking about with Kikuchi, he simplified it. He's had to do a little bit unsimplifying since being an Oprah. <laughs> he got it down to two pitches or the change up for the fastball. Hey, whatever oh, works, whatever works. works. Got down to a 1.15 ERA in 35 innings pitched. So I'd say he's figured something out. Yeah. Heck, maybe we hey, send him to the all-star game. Be one of those relievers. I think he's earned it. Like you're trying to get segue points or something, Eric. Yeah, because that was where I was going. Uh, very, very near future here. Um, I would have put a bow on the uh, the weekend here, though, before we start diving into all star votes and all that kind of good stuff. Because there's a lot loaded on there for Blue Jays fans too. Um, key takeaways from the Mar- the Marlins series. What are you thinking that uh, the Blue Jays can use to go forward into the series this week? Uh, to the against the Giants. Correct. Are we talking Mar- uh, just Marlins or Marlins and uh, and um, either or? Brooklyn. Most recently, obviously the A's series, but to that point, the big thing is, like I said, I think they keep, they gained some good pieces over the weekend here that can hopefully carry them forward over the next week. Well, you know what is scoring early, scoring early and as often as you can, which I know <laughs> sounds super cliched and super obvious, but you know what? When you saw it in the Miami game and you saw it uh, certainly on Sunday. It certainly sets the trend and the tone. And, and uh, okay, yeah, I know people don't always believe in momentum, but when you can score early, when you can get those Love runs in, you know, it certainly, it certainly, um, it certainly, you know, c- can, can put you in the right mood and give you the right vibes. And, and you know what? It's just uh, have faith in this offense because, yes, they have, 100%. they've gone through a bit of a, a dark period, but this is a really good offensive team. You've got some of the best hitters. Uh, with Vladdy leading the way and Bo leading the way. And then you got Chapman and you got Springer. They don't even have to be the main offensive threats. That's Vladdy and Bo. But you've got those two. And, and, and you know, Brandon Belt's been coming around very nicely. And, and Danny Jansen's had some really good moments. So just oh, keep Danny it going. Jansen's looking like a new man over the last week. <laughs> we've been seeing, I've been seeing it for the last couple of years, the stupid injuries he gets. Um, and that's, you know, not to say he's stupid for getting it. It's just, it's no, just, it's just, sh- just shit ass luck. The same shit ass luck that Aaron Sanchez got. Um, yep. you know, it's, it's kind of derailed it a little bit, but when he's healthy and he's mashing, it's, it's beautiful. It's just great. This is, this is the Danny Jensen that, that, uh, kind of, you know, dominated the, the uh, minors once he started wearing glasses. Yep. I know, and that was fun to watch all of a sudden because I watched him in that sitting in the uh, the the bleachers in Manchester in New Hampshire, and then seeing him in Buffalo that same year when he all of a sudden started wearing the glasses. I was like, I watched him in Lansing last year, and this <laughs> didn't do this. <laughs> so it is what it is. But um, at that time, I was traveling for my job, so I was able to you know see some more of the minor league teams that I currently saw or currently see, anyways. Just get to see the Buffalo Bisons play in the Rochester Red Wings here. So, outside of that, though, but the the Blue Jays are still, and people sleep on it a little bit. We're we're still in the in or just out of the top ten of all most of the major hitting categories in baseball. Home runs is the one we've fallen behind on, which is very uncharacteristic for a Toronto Blue Jays team. But the fact that they are number eight in total bases, for example, that runs batted in, they're at number twelve. Now, uh, on doubles, they're in sixth place in the league. Their hits is third in the league. 
I get why we have a low runners in scoring position batting average when you're getting opportunities like that. If you don't hit one out of the quarter times, right? It's right. going to suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that the opportunities are still there, regardless that this team hasn't quote-unquote peaked yet, is what I agree with you wholeheartedly. If they can start attacking the hitters early, that will lead to a lot more wins. Yeah, look, it's been a... look. Ebbs and flows. The season is full of ebbs and flows and, and ups and downs. And look, the offense went through a, a down period. I think we can, we can all agree on that. And, uh, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. We got to let the story play out. My hope is that it just goes up and up and up. I think there's enough going on good over the last week that the main core of this batting line has shown up. You know, like I said, regardless of the fact that Danny Jansen only had a you know, a few hits over the week. He still drove in two and hit a home run. Right. You know what I mean? He found a way to offensively contribute, but he's the only guy that headed below 270 over the last week that's in the regular part of the lineup. And it's including, yeah. funny enough, Tyler Hinneman. <laughs> yeah, who he unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, he had to leave the game on Sunday due to, uh, looks like he kind of strained a lower back muscle or something. Which, yeah. Uh, that's two catchers down, which isn't great. Um, and I don't know how Rob Brantley's been doing in Buffalo, but uh, you know the off day helps as little because they can they can sort of evaluate. And uh, you know I get Varsho's there, but you know I kind of prefer if Varsho stays in the don't outfield. Touch it. You know, let's not let's not let's not put anything at risk. So yeah, hopefully Varsho's you know, in the same category as why Nate Pearson's not a starter to me. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with 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 Heineman, um, and hopefully Kirk can come back. Those staples, uh, from what I heard, is the stitches. Came out of his hands, so um, you know. Hopefully, he can get the field back and get back to sort of game uh, in you know game mode, and and he can get back out there. Yeah, talking about bad luck too. Kirk was just starting to find it with the, the lumber and was uh, unfortunately plunked like that. So yeah. to that point, glad to hear he's going in the right direction. So should we talk all stars, or do you want to add anything else to that conversation before we move move forward here? No, let's let's talk about who's going to Seattle. Yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays have five options on the current all-star ballot for the quote-unquote finalists. And in the midst of that whole thing, um, Blue Jays fans, make sure you get your votes in before the 29th because that is the last day for ballot uh, submission for the final vote. Um, right now, it's down to many a... Wow, crap, of course I hit the buttons and voted, God forbid. <laughs> that it's uh, I've, I voted for Vladdy at first. But I thought I was going to be able to see my whole everybody ballot here, but apparently I'm going to bring it back all up again. Just wants to be stupid. <laughs> so, but anyways, I made sure I locked my vote in for uh, Vlad and Bo. I can't say with the other competition that Whit Merrifield really deserves the win over. I forget who I voted for her second base. Who did I vote for? Oh, well, Senate. we're talking. Marcus we're talking Senate. about starters here, right? Correct. Okay, but that doesn't so, mean that they're not going to make the team. But exactly. I would think those five guys have a good shot at. Absolutely, I would. I, I mean, sorry, I think with my heart on this one. So I want all of them in there. Heck, I want Trevor Richards in there. Um, yeah, but yeah, you, I can't help but think. You know, remember the good old days when we would sit in the stadium and they would pass out the ballot cards and we'd have to punch out the whole. I miss those days. I miss those days. Now Funny we got to and do this and. Yeah, I have a giant Rogers Center fathead on my wall in my back room. And it, it's easily like six feet long, so like three meters wide and <laughs> stuff like that. So um, in the midst of that, 
where the camera shot was taken from like right behind home plate up on the 500 level. Mm-hmm. You could see people punching out the holes in those all-star. <laughs> and then right. my favorite Blue Jay of all time is on the Jumbotron for the uh, giant picture on my wall. Okay. Kelly fucking on. Johnson. KJ. KJ. Oh, wow. I was not, I was not expecting that. I, I thought you were going to go with Kelly Gruber. And that was, uh, by the in, way, in, sarcasm because Kelly Johnson was far from my favorite Toronto Blue Jay. Of all. Yeah, well, I would. Uh, yeah, no disrespect to Kelly Johnson. You know, he was a decent infielder, but correct favorite Blue Jay. Was, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But at that point, I was like, oh, like, yeah. So I pulled the thing. I, you know, I was in like 2015. I saw it on Amazon ish. I'm like, oh, I could use something for my house. <laughs> you know, go on it while I'm in the middle of the desert traveling. And I'm like, they'll be there when I get home. I'll put it up on the wall, pull out the giant tube and roll it. And I'm like, Kelly Johnson, dude. Wow. Are <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. Out of all the people, clearly the person that took that picture wasn't a, um, you know, wasn't paying attention to the scoreboard that day. They were there taking pictures. <laughs> you know, all I remember with Kelly Johnson, uh, you know, again, a decent, decent infielder. Uh, he managed to wake his way to the Rays, and uh, I was at a game. A it was Carlos, day. they were they, they. It was the day they put Carlos Delgado on the wall on the. Uh, uh, oh, geez, the wall of All excellence. Uh, excellence yeah. The level of excellence, and uh, R.A. Dickey was on the mound, and he, and he, you know, uh, the knuckleball didn't dance to Kelly Johnson, and Johnson just crushed it. And uh, that's that's my memory. That's my memory of well, Blue Jay in a Rays uniform, coming back to, to be- the team. Google's not Google search isn't too friendly to Kelly Johnson, by the way. Came up as a, about 15 different engineers first before you find baseball player. <laughs> and that was longer ago than I thought. That was 2012 was when he was last on the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I think he wow. came over with, uh, he came, he was. It was during the Aaron Heltray. Yeah, that was exactly. He came from Arizona. Um, that was a fun that team that didn't go anywhere. Oh, 2012? <laughs> Oh, of course. Well, we just mentioned it with Ricky Romero. Every every single player was injured, almost every yeah. single player, and they were inconsistent. And you, there was this horrific stretch in, in April, this one week where Morrow got hurt, and then Kyle Drabeck got hurt, and then... Uh, got Perry, hurt that year, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the wrist. He, uh, he fucked up yep. his wrist pretty badly that year. And uh, uh, Aaron Laffey, that was the other pitcher. Like, three pitchers, three Great. straight games. Right? They got injured, and Yep. Hell of a mess. Hell of a mess that team was. That was a John Farrell. Had... And John yep. Farrell, of course, that was his uh, last season with the Jays. Yeah, I'm trying to. Now I'm curious who was actually in that rotation outside of him. Henderson Alvarez was the uh, the workhorse, quote unquote, yeah. that year. Drew, Drew Hutchison. <laughs> Hutchison, uh, Hutchison year. came up as a rookie. First year. He got hurt. I think that yep. was his. He got Tommy John out of that season as well. Yep. We saw the yep. last of Kyle Dravak that year. And uh, oh, yeah, that was a real. That was a unfortunate. Carlos Villanueva uh, yeah. got a giant pile of half starting and half not. In, uh, that was the uh, end of the first tenure of Jay Happ's career, too, as a Blue Jay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there was a lot going on, though. I can't put that. Who was it? That was uh, one chat? of those teams that was like, wow, this could look really good on paper. You know, you thought you were getting something with JPR and Sevilla, and you got and 18 months from that year. Brett Laurie, Colby Eric- Rasmus, who was supposed to be good. Eric Thames. Rajay Davis, I can't steal first base at that time in my career. <laughs> yeah, Eric Thames was on that team as well. And, uh, well, that was the big controversy going into that year, too, if you remember. Because everybody yep. wanted Snyder because everyone loved Snyder. But Snyder wasn't playing up to his potential. So Thames uh, got, the, got the nod and he became, uh, he sort of became public enemy number one, which I thought was a little unfair. 
Yeah. And then um, a guy that I honestly was shocked that never got a full crazy chance and had some major health issues that led to his downfall a little bit. I loved watching David Cooper as a, in uh, the mm-hmm. minor leagues. You know, and I was like, oh, God, it's, it's John Olerud's swing. I was waiting for that to come through. And it never did because, like I said, he kind of had some health issues and never got fully back into it. So that's a shame. It was a real shame. I think that was also, uh, that was Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes made his, uh, well, I saw him. I saw his major league debut in his first, I think one of his first at bats, he hit a home run. Yeah. That was against a game against the Mets that I watched. But um, yeah. uh, who else? David was- Cooper ended up winning the Minor League Player of the Year award for the Toronto Blue Jays. Got into 40 games that year, like I said, with the Toronto Blue Jays, and then barely played 40 more games in the minor leagues even after that. Damn. That's, I mean, that that's, sucks. that's, you know, you win some, you lose some. It's, it's, it's not easy. So, anyways, shout, shout out to the 2012 team. Shout out to John go. Farrell. We, I'm over you. I'm over the. I, you know, I'm not mad at you anymore, John. If you're listening, yep. Wherever not you are, I heard about him being the first manager in how many years to be traded. <laughs> yeah, or Mike Avilas, Mike Avilas, <laughs> which uh, I, I think that one about as well as the Mike Napoli for Frank Francisco training trade. Yeah. Well, you know, just a reminder: AA wasn't perfect all the time. Well. Although he's making you fool that he's down in Atlanta with money now, finally. <laughs> so anyways, let's talk. The, like I said, we were talking all-star ballot. Um, I agree with you that I would love to see all five of those guys make the roster. But um, like I said, I, me being the my guiding light for the baseball ballot is always who's the best person at each of those positions. And it, when it gets down to two people, like I said, Vlad is still having an insanely good year as we were talking about earlier. I, as much as I have loved what Whit Merrifield has been to this offense as a catalyst, I couldn't say that he's having a better year than Marcus Semyon. Because he's Marcus Semyon from what the Blue Jays fans re- remember again. And going through third base, I, I was very torn. Because right now it's Josh Young of the Texas Rangers and Matt Chapman as the final ballot. And I would say if Chapman even continued half of what he did for that insane April that he would have easily won this. But if you look at the numbers, Josh Young is right there with a lot of these guys that are, you know, the leaders in the major leagues offense. So yeah. I unfortunately I, was split. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if, Cha- if the vote was held like uh, May 1st, Chappie would probably would have gotten more votes than any other player. You're probably not wrong. But, and then the fact that he's trending up again lately too, is a uh, good timing for him and a good welcome but, sign. But l- hold Correct. on, let's 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 be honest though. How many fans are going to go online and vote for players based on stats and who's playing better? A standard, you, like we me, know, we know. It. Well, well, yeah, and no, no disrespect to that. I admire that. I think it's great. But you know, the majority of fans, it's for, you know, it's it's a popularity see my contest. Guys. We want to see the best and the most popular stars. That's what the All Star Game should be. And uh, you know, just you know, the, and heck, all the teams are doing. Hey, vote Blue Jays. Vote these guys. Vote that guy. You know. They yep. want as many and, players as they can in that all-star game. So just, uh, hence the reason why Brendan belt did get so many votes in the yeah. first round, <laughs> because I, I forget, was it Mike Trout that they asked? Or was it, said, I think it was against Otani. Otani. Yeah. It is like, I'm going to win anyway. So it wasn't, <laughs> but to that point, Brandon belt just deserves some votes. I'm glad he got it. Cause he, there's a, there was a point where he was actually carrying this offense when Bo had a little bit of a dip. Chappie was down, mm-hmm. and uh, Vlad was, you know, just doing. That was honestly 
if you talk about the downside of Vlad, that was the week that he was just <laughs> swinging at everything kind of thing. So it worked out, though. I Like I said, I think he's been slowly building back up to that. And then going to shortstop, Eric, I really don't think there's a contest here at all. Oh, it's got to be Bichette. Bob Bichette has been one of the best shortstops in baseball, especially when you look purely at offense. You know what? Since... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Since what, like mid-August of last year, Bobichet's been one of the best players in baseball. Period. Correct. So if he's that's if he's his position, I mean, if he if he's not starting at short uh, in Seattle, it's a crime against humanity. I tend to agree with you on that fact. Batting three eighteen with forty seven home runs and an OPS of eight fifty six. I'm sorry to say that you know the only guys that are beating him are Jordan Alvarez on this ballot, Randy Arozarena, and Aaron Judge. And those three guys don't get as many at bats that Bobachet yeah. does. You know what I could see? Obviously, I could see Judge getting more votes, but the other guys, no way. No, but I mean, to that Bo- point, I Bo- would Bo- think those whole guys are deserving. There is that, too. And honestly, I'd be shocked if he isn't the leading vote getter going into this, too. So, and it has he, happened. It fits. It's going to, I think. I'd, I'd be very shocked if it doesn't. So, Blue Jays fans start pounding those vote buttons for Boba Shut. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but then the rest of my ballot, like I said, I rounded out with Alvarez, uh, Randy Rosarena, and uh, Aaron Judge. As much as I didn't want to vote for Aaron Judge, he's <laughs> got 19 home runs. He's leading all the guys in home runs on this ballot right now outside of Mookie Bats on the National League side. I yeah. couldn't hurt it. And it's amazing what happens to the Yankees when Aaron Judge is not in their lineup. Oh, really? <laughs> you mean there's nobody depth-wise when you throw a giant brick of money at somebody like Aaron Judge? <laughs> it's exactly what I hit a lot. Yeah, so I live in Rochester, New York, which is you're six New hours y- from New York City, by yeah, the way, man, you're, for anybody who doesn't have a globe. You're in Yankee and Met country, although probably more Yankee than Met. It's funny to have more Yankees and Red Sox fans on this side of the state, which I don't really? understand the Red Sox thing. I think it was just that rivalry at the time that infected everybody. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of that, though, I couldn't believe how many Yankees fans where I live here were completely split on signing Judge for that giant pile of money. Or really, it was it was a good 50 50 or damn near close to it because they were just seeing that like, wow, we could really fill out the team and actually run with something or we could sign the most currently current day prolific home run hitter and hope he lasts that contract. I think he's going to, and this is just those contracts when you get to those ages. It's going to be Albert Pujols. Yep. Miguel Cabrera. Any of these guys that I also love, by the way. But 
<laughs> you know, it, hey, they it's not you know, they deserve it. If they can make it happen, their agents can make it happen, they deserve it. And you know what? If you're one of those, you know, I remember with Pulholz when he signed that huge deal with LA, I thought to myself, well, if they can get five good years out of him, it's it's worth it. Heck, even with Springer, six years, that's not very Blue Jay esque, right? Nope. But if you can that's I mean, trending on the can, right side so far. You know, if you that's... could get uh if you could get at least, you know, half of that, and I don't see him slowing down or anything, and he Thank God, knock on every bit of wood you could find. He stayed healthy. Uh, um, you know, and the fact that I think the it. big thing that helps him out is he doesn't have to be center field anymore. Exactly. What's the worst case scenario that he slides more into being a DH over the next few years? He's still going to be great, at, more athletic than any, at, any DH in the American League. Exactly. So. And shout out to George, too. Second now, number two on leadoff home runs behind Correct. Ricky Henderson. And sorry to say, folks, but he's probably not going to catch Ricky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as much as I would love to see him do that, Ricky Henderson is something on human. Just saying. Rick, Ricky's a legend. Ricky's a legend. And uh, I am I'm forever grateful for those uh, two, three months he was in a Jays uniform. <laughs> that was, um, I always thought that was, uh, because that's one everybody forgets. 1993, the World Series. He's the one that got that whole last inning going. Yeah, exactly. Great leadoff hitter. And it wasn't that great of a hitter with the Jays, but man, when when it counted the most, counted the most, he, he was there. He found a way to make it work. Yeah, and he ended up having a pretty good career even after he left Toronto too. So, oh, he played way well into his forties. Oh yeah, I want to say he had been. He wasn't going like full Julio Franco where he went into his like forty ninth year or whatever it was when he was still playing with the Atlanta. <laughs> but it was he was a good 43, 44, I think when he finally hung it up with the Red Sox. So yeah. But to that hey, point, look, you take take care of your body and uh, it'll take care of you. Brought some extra swag to the club, you know, a little trot with a home run. And, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, I want to say it was, uh, he, I think Turner Ward had his number. His, okay. uh, and I think he like gave like Turner Ward a very substantial gift in exchange for that number. Similar to how Roger Clemens gave correct. Carlos Delgado for uh, 21, gave him a yeah. substantial number or a st- substantial gift for the, his yeah. jersey number. Yeah, so we're talking Ricky Henderson, as I said, and you you hit the nail on the head. He batted two fifteen with the Toronto Blue Jays in forty four games, which, but he found a way to steal twenty two bases, yeah. scored or yeah, scored thirty seven runs. I'd say he made up for the fact that he only yeah. you know if he got on base he scored. Yeah, well, it didn't matter. It's Ricky freaking Anderson, right? Yes, yeah. and I was not wrong, but I was he played to his forty fourth year in our 44 year age season but he retired with as a los angeles dodger okay the year I, before i think he went into the size. independent league too i think he played indie ball after all that oh, after his major league career i think there's something like a like 30 for 30 documentary on that or remember hearing something about that it's fun stuff either way but to that point i'm just glad you have people like ricky around the game that love to play regardless and it was fun something different to watch wasn't home runs all the time Beat you with everything and every little skill that he had. So good stuff. But anyways, is there anything else you would like to put a bow on the uh, All-Star game other than we have to talk that Kevin Gosman probably should be pitching? Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Gosman should be pitching it. I'm all for it. And I mean, actually, you know what? When it comes to All-Star games, I'm a little bit, I don't know. I get a little gun, you know, a little hesitant when the pitchers go in there just because I don't want them to screw up their arms or anything. But uh Hey, you know what? If he could throw an inning there, I'm all for it. I will say that one of the best, some of the best TV I've seen in baseball in a long, long time was last year with the All Star break with Alec Manoa. 
and then yeah. talk into a lock. <laughs> and you know what? I'm probably the only schmuck in the world that was watching the international feed off of Sportsnet. So I didn't get to no. hear that. I didn't watch the Fox. Oh, I was no. watching Sportsnet. So I had no idea what was going on. It was until after. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. I don't get Scott. I usually stream through one of my phones or my or laptop or something. So like, I'm, you know, I got to go with what Sportsnet does. And they usually use the international feed. So anyway, that's that's on me. That's on me. Yeah. My mistake. Three punchies and you're out. <laughs> so I wanted to play around with something, but I want to give you one headline that I was actually surprised to read not too long before the uh, stuff here. Pat Malataro of the uh, Buffalo Bisons, he's their beat writer and their announcer, uh, wrote that Yuzvera Zulueta actually is being announced to the 2023 Futures game. Mm-hmm. So that is a Blue Jay prospect that many Blue Jays fans got to see this spring. A little tantalizing as far as it goes, Eric. He's got some really cool weapons that could actually maybe help this team. If, I mean, <laughs> I always, uh, listen, prospects always kind of make me a little nervous because, you know, if you're in the system, anybody can make it, right? Correct. Sometimes the players that, you know, sometimes those prospects don't make it. Sometimes those prospects don't always live up to their potential. And then sometimes you got players drafting in these, you know, these backgrounds that actually become superstars, right? Like Kevin Pillar was like, I might not say Kevin Pillar is a superstar, but you know, he was drafted in a round where a lot of players don't make it past single A. So, and the but fact I, that he almost won two gold gloves against our current center, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, I, more of the reasons I used to hate Kevin Kevin Kiermaier, but that's besides the point. I tell uh-huh. you, you got to look good in that Kevin Kiermaier jersey at the end of the year. <laughs> Someday, somehow. Um, to that point, I as much as I'd love to vote for him, I couldn't vote for him over those three gentlemen that I was mentioning a minute ago. So this guy with only 18 RBIs versus a guy with 50, he was like, uh, uh, I'd love to, but I can't do it. <laughs> well, he might come in, go in through the back door, maybe a player. You know, maybe a player can't go, so they'll they'll bring him in. It wouldn't shock me if that's how him and Maryfield get on the uh, roster, because I really would be shocked at this point. Uh, Aaron Judge actually does make a performance. And that's how Espinal got in. Yeah. A beautiful, beautiful moment when they announced it and everyone's given him a hug and well-deserved too. Correct. Because he, as you talk about guys that were fire last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering really, really, really badly right now. This is one of my biggest questions in Blue Jays' current fandom. Which of Biggio and Espinal are left post-All-Star game? Like if someone's going to get traded? I really trade? wouldn't be shocked in the midst of that. He goes, like you mentioned, another gentleman that has got some uh, legs now in the major league level and dipped his toes in a little bit with Ernie Clement. You have two really, really good replacement guys that could be a bullpen piece, an extra piece, whatever it might be. Um, and maybe the aggregate already sitting in your Meyer League system between Ernie Clement or even Otto Lopez. You know what I mean? Those are the guys that are sitting all the way down your bench, not the ones that are first off of it. Well, you know what? It's probably going to be whoever's got the hotter hand could bring you the bigger value, right? Correct. So if that's uh, if that's Espinal, you know, if they can get something really good in return, uh, pull the trigger. And if it happens to be Biggio, and and you know, disrespect to Adam Corsair, your former <laughs> co-host, uh, you know, let it make it so. I'm in the ballpark that I would love to see. I really think that's what's I, me thinking selfishly. I'd love to see Biggio stay because I don't want to see my Lansing Lugnuts autograph hat get uh, broken up because I have Bo, Bo and Biggio and Vladdy all had one hat autograph when I had a chance to meet them in Lansing. Right. 
<laughs> so um, I would love to see him finally kick it in and earn a spot on this team. And we've been seeing some pulse to that info. A couple of couple big home runs, actually, yeah. in the last few weeks. Oh, for sure. What was it? Uh, the Sunday game. Hold on. Let me grab my schedule here. What was that? Mm-hmm. This last Sunday home game. Uh, was that Minnesota where he, he hit that huge bomb? Yeah, that was the one with Minnesota, against Minnesota. It was the yeah. only win I think we got. And then we, he had yeah. the big one, big three-run home run this yesterday. Yeah. It really put it over the top. Really capped it well. Right? I mean, he's uh, there was another one earlier in the season, too. I think against Chicago where that, that uh, he had a big, big three-run bomb. So, uh, you know what? I mean, it's been a rough he, – he's had a rough season, but he's gotten better. And, uh, you know, if, it's, you know. He's just, you know, he's 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 a contributor. He's a supporting cast member, and if he could support them as best as he can, like, you know, it's good that he can play multiple positions, and uh, maybe that could be a deciding factor too in terms of Espinal versus yeah. Biggio, who you're going to trade. And that might be the reason one of them is more marketable than the other. I can <laughs> you can roll the That's dice true. any yeah. way you want, but I really am. Yeah. You know, you look at how this team needs to improve, and we've seen that the hole is getting to Romano and Swanson. And I really am wondering what they're going to be doing over the next few weeks to possibly bolster that part of the bullpen or even start at the end where Romano is and push everything back. <laughs> I'll give you a 50-50 which things go. We were talking a few weeks ago, as I'm sure you heard. I would love to see Liam Hendrick, Hendricks back in Blue Jays. Yeah, Blue likewise. Blue. Likewise. So, and then to that point, I'm even thinking I'd pour more gas on that fire, too, with another free agent looking at the White Sox, too, and just steal Lucas Giolito right now. Mm-hmm. So what do they got to look forward to? The White Sox are a dumpster fire right now. They look like they're, and I'm not trying to be mean with that statement, but it just looks like they can't even communicate on the field, let alone win a ball game. But they, they've scraped a few together, but they're far from a playoff team. Well, if they're, if they're, uh, if they're uh, selling, it's worth I'd be buy. shocked if they aren't at this point. Um, speaking of selling, there is a rumor circulating around Yankees fans. That Josh Donaldson might not be with the team much longer. Uh, yeah, well, he's become a bit of a sort of public enemy number one. I mean, they, we talk about scapegoats, fan bases having scapegoats. It seems like he's the <laughs> he's one right there. He's the scapegoat. And I mean, uh, yeah, the guy's just not, it's not the 2015 Josh Donaldson. No, even close. Um, but you talk about a guy that knows how to win games. And the, the biggest thing the Yankees have is they got all these youngsters that are starting to come on. And it's still so, pop. He still has that pop in his bat. I would, I'd be curious that how well a tandem of Belt and Donaldson would look rotating to our DH if he somehow slipped out to the point where he was actually released by the Yankees. Because I don't think anybody's picking him up on a waiver. I really yeah. don't. They're not going to want to take $20 million that I left on his contract. <laughs> so I think he's going to get released and the Yankees are going to end up chewing all that money one way or the other if they do decide to go that avenue. I'd take a, you know, mildly or a full, you know, minimum major league payment on Josh Donaldson to see if that tips us over the hurdle here. Especially if you do lose, like we were talking about with the, you know, let's say you trade Espinal or Biggio. Now you've got a spot that you could just throw a little bit of money at with somebody like Josh Donaldson and maybe it tips over the edge here. It no, could be another Brandon Belt level captain in your dugout. Could be good for for just rounding, uh, getting the troops together, um, you know. And I know a lot of people on Jay's Twitter would love that. I know a lot of people on Jay's Twitter would would probably hate that as well and be furious. Um, 
so, you we know, did the other version of this last week with Mark Stroman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who it is at this point. There's yeah, something I, missing. And maybe that is one of those two is the catalyst that actually tips us over the edge here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's silly to think, you know, I mean, we were so spoiled with, uh, you know, uh, David Price and Troy Tulowitzki, right? So that's kind of, that set the bar really high for everybody here in the, in the fan base. So, yeah. but Hey, any, and any the fact that Donaldson was the one that really started all of that with trades in the, yeah. the, the previous off season. So, and you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, it, it just, a. Uh, a simple trade can really go do wonder. I mean, the Whit Merrifield trade last year, that's really proved, that's really paid dividends. Yeah. And we're just waiting for that next piece, like I said at this point. I, I still don't know what the catalyst is for this team. And I, maybe it wants just glad to get his swagger back this weekend. Could be that damn simple. I have no idea. I'm curious what Donaldson's batting right now is. I know it's not good. Yeah. Men- Six home runs, a buck 25. Oh, that's below Mendoza, right? Yeah, yes. And well, to that point, I can't say it's below Mendoza when he's only got really 64. He just hasn't been healthy this year. Yeah, that too. That's also been a factor. A healthy Josh Donaldson could go a long way. 21 games, 71 plate appearances, six home runs, eight RBIs. Somehow scored nine runs too. That's the thing. And one really ridiculous play at at third base the other day. You saw that one. I didn't see that. I didn't, one. Think, I didn't think I didn't think he had arm like that anymore because you sure as shit last year he was in a Blue Jay uniform didn't see this kind of arm. So, but hey, like I said, if that's the difference between uh, you know a guy that's my leaguer that's not really cut, I'd take a risk on you know Josh Dallison being the last guy on our bench. Never know what he comes in and does and just swings it right. He still has that pop. He definitely still has that pop and uh, wouldn't be the first time he's bet on himself. You know, in 2018, he he was banged up and everything and then, uh, you know, didn't do really much with Cleveland and then found his way with Atlanta, a one-year deal and kind of rebuilt his stock back up. So, yeah, who knows what Probably could happen. to get paid his current contract that he's got this year on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but at the age 37 season, how much is left into it? But to that point. Maybe he's that guy that comes in for a key clutch at bat. You know, I really don't know. But to that point, I would not bet against Josh Donaldson on any level of finding some way to contribute to a ball club. So that's me. <laughs> he was the answer to one of our trivia questions this week. Yeah, I've been seeing and that. I didn't on, even do on that on purpose. <laughs> so do you remember the question? No, I can't. You got to give it to me again. Although it looks like you already gave me the answer. Yeah, I know, but to that point, I'll see if you can work backwards here. Um, he is the all-time Blue Jays lead um, leader in walk-off home runs. Five okay. in 2015. And I saw one of those live at the at the last game of the season, or last game I'm of the so regular jealous. season. Well, I, dude, I almost passed out from the excitement. <laughs> it was one of those things where you just jump up and you're going nuts, and like literally the everything starts spinning, and I had to... Uh, no, I was in the 200s, so I, I just tried to hold my ground and Hope I didn't crash into anybody. But I've yeah, only no. seen one I, out of all the baseball games I've been to in my whole life. I've only been been present for one walk off home run. Oh yeah, it was a Blue Jays one, thankfully. And um, I'll give, guess I'll give you the stories. Now you're curious. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Everyone's curious. I went up for Vladdy Mania for his debut. I went okay. up for the night. Oh, I was at that game I, too. I was. Yeah, uh, I went up. Brendan I stayed Drury. with Brendan Panikar because I'm like, dude, let's go. And he's like, all right, fine, let's go. 
Yeah. And so I went up and drove up and hung out with him and his now wife. And um, in the midst of that, I had a really good evening. And that was a great game to see, you know. And uh, when it comes down to the last inning, uh, the two people that are the least likeliest people to hit home runs in Blue Jays history had home runs in that game with Eric Sogard. Yep. Ty, you know, and um, Brandon Drury hits the freaking walk-off home and run of the year where everybody barely, hit Brandon Drury. It just barely got over the wall, too, if I remember. Yep, it was on the uh, far uh, side for me. Those... We were in the, what would have been now one of the outfield districts right above the new yeah. Blue Jays bullpen, so I was on the opposite side of the field from where we were. Yeah, and you know, Vladdy kind of kicked that started because he got his first base he hit did. in that inning. And then if you remember this name, Alan Hansen, it was Alan Hansen that came in. And originally, I thought it was just a double, and Hansen... Because Hanson's pretty much sped his way home, but then yep. the horn went off. I'm like, okay, hey, okay. Could you <laughs> and what 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 a what a story <laughs> too, right? You got Vladdy coming up. The game is hyped up. Everyone's going crazy. Everyone's in the seat. major league baseball networks. There, ESPN right? is there. Everybody, their brothers there, and including it's, me. It's, I went over a border. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Brendan Jury, but that's how it ends. It's a Jury home run, not a Vladdy home run, not a. Justin Smoke home run or anything. It's it's oh, someone you just right. least expected, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. and to that point too, um Bo or not Bo, Biggio had been up at that point too. So uh he, he was, was a month later. He was a month no, later. I thought Biggio was the first one. Well Vladdy came up first, I think, in April. Because they look, purposely de- they delayed him so they can get an extra year on his uh his pre yeah. uh, pre free agency. But I re- I was actually at Biggio's first game against San Diego. I remember okay. thinking my friend and I had the the, the craziest luck that we we got tickets. Got to see I mean, we buy it in, in this is like the ten. You know, you can get the ten flex pack or the twenty game flex pack, and we had the nice. our, just our luck. We picked the games where it's Vladdy's debut and uh, Biggio's debut. There it is. So, I I guess I don't want to bury the lead, but I did put a new trivia question up for this evening. I was doing that as our kind of promo for the show this evening, but to that point, did you happen to see it beforehand, or should I just read it off? Uh, read it off for me. I gotta wait for it to come back up now because I don't. I have a horrible memory, and I got you know three concussions. It's just how <laughs> <laughs> it works. Uh, all right. Which manager has the most wins in a season for the Blue Jays? Okay, so we're talking a single season. Single season. Okay, well, my go-to would be Bobby Cox because in 85, they got 99 wins. You are right with 99 wins. All right, Blue Jays thank you. still never had a 100-win season. Yes. So some really good years in there. Yeah. But have not had a 100-win season. And hard to believe. Yeah. That was the, they won more games in 85 than they did in any other year they've had success, especially in 92, yep. 93. And you never know. They named the drive for 85. Yeah. <laughs> and you never know. I mean, if they if they... They go on a real hot streak. That could happen. That could certainly. I mean, heck, they won ninety-two games last year, right? Yeah. Well, what's what's stopping them from winning another five to ten? You're not wrong. It's if you look at the record we were at last year and everything, it's not terribly different than where we are currently yeah. sitting, Eric. And that's the two so. thing too. That's pretty much you know. I know we all you know after what happened last year, I think we're a little more anxious with how they play, but. Um, you know, it's pretty much the same as 2022 and 2021. Lots of ups and downs. So on that note, I am currently now out of material. <laughs> and we're at the hour mark. But to that point, I saw you had a recent article that I've been dying to read and I haven't gotten it out to uh, get into my uh, feed on my phone. So what do you, you want to lay on the summary for me, uh, Blue Jays fans? 
Uh, well, the latest article, it was released last, uh, uh, this past Friday. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't know if this ever happens to you. Like literally nine out of 10 times I'll post something and the aggregator site picks it up. And the aggregator yeah. site is where I get most of the, the audience, my traffic. Um, yeah. But every one out of 10 times, for whatever reason, it misses the net. The aggregator misses <laughs> it and it doesn't go up and it just, you know, I mean, I'm not expecting thousands of eyeballs on this, but like, this is one At of those articles. At least 50 would be nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's just one of those things where it doesn't go up. And I think it's too sort of, because I purposely structure my headlines so that it does get picked up. No. Uh, but the most recent article had to do with um, the municipal election. Today is a municipal election uh, in Toronto. Uh, and uh, we're electing, it's a by-election actually. We're electing a new mayor. After uh, the previous mayor, John Tory, uh, uh, you know, did a, you know, um, had uh, had a uh, sexual relationship with one of his staff members, uh, which brings and up this the like every governor here in New York, dude. Well, it, and this. OK, so this is the thing. So I don't know if you follow Toronto politics, but this John Tory. Yep. You know, button down guy. They, you know, at at, at uh, city at City Hall, the press would say, oh, he's no story. Tory. This guy was like, you know, the most you know, conservative button down guy, you know, you know, Anglo-Saxon guy, you know, that you could think of. Um, and then just, you know, and of course it's not the first time a politician's cheated on his partner or whatever, but like, you know, it just, it just, you know, no one could beat this guy. This guy won three municipal elections in a row. And then this thing just took him out. This, this thing completely ruined everything for him. And uh, wow. he stepped down. So there were 102 candidates running for mayor of Toronto. And um, and you should have seen the ballot, Craig. It was like a poster. It was like a fathead poster, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was that big. And I don't know if 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 the you know. So like you're filling your final four bracket in. It pretty much even like it just times it was it was like a, it was like the old we talked about the all star punch card ballots. Think of that, yeah. and then put some steroids in it, and that's what this the by election <laughs> ballot looked like. But yeah. um, well, you, I yeah. know all you Canadians get to just enjoy the wonderful soap opera that is American politics from afar, <laughs> which <laughs> which I can't say I uh, feel terrible sympathy for <laughs> knowing and, what I deal with on a week. But to that point, it's amazing the level of weird and crazy that just goes on in politics in general. It doesn't matter what country you live in. There's always somebody. <laughs> exactly. And anyway, so it's by-election day and uh, I'm I'm on a news site right now. So whoever's listening to this will already know what's happened. But I can tell you that uh, it appears that uh, Olivia Chow has uh, won the election. So she's going to be the new mayor of Toronto. And it uh, looks like she got over uh, 264,000 votes. Uh, the runner-up, uh, Anna Bailao, she got, uh, looks like, about just under 232,000. And uh, John Tory endorsed Anna Bailao and, uh, to uh, sort of in the election after he said, he's like, I'm not going to participate in the uh, election. I'm not going to endorse anybody. And then a few weeks later, he's like, everyone vote for Anna. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Um, and, uh, so it looks like Olivia Chow is going to be the new mayor of Toronto. And anyway, so my recent article, anybody wants just, to read it. We just retweeted it from our account. So <laughs> there we go. So made sure, I, made sure I got you one more click. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so My the article, here. the article just sort of, uh, I kind of just looked at the municipal election with the Blue Jays perspective because there's been times, I mean, it, this current election has nothing to do with the Blue Jays, but, um, there've been times where municipal politics have, have crossed paths with the Blue Jays. Um, last year, John Tory, uh, participated in a vote 
uh, on a proposal that was submitted by Mark Shapiro to shut down a uh, pedestrian-friendly uh, program called Active TO uh, that would shut down busy streets so that people could walk, shut down, sort of shut it down to to to, to uh, traffic, uh, so that people so you could get pedestrian traffic. Mark Shapiro submitted a proposal uh, saying that this program was affecting fans getting to the game by car. Uh, that caused a whole shitstorm on Twitter, as you can imagine. Yeah. And on top of that, on top of that shitstorm, it was the fact that John Tory is a uh, shareholder with Rogers, the Rogers Corporation. He's an advisor with them. Um, and here you have a bit of a conflict of interest because, of course, Rogers owns the Jays and the mayor of Toronto is also involved with sort of the leadership team at Rogers. He advises them. So uh, there was a bit of a conflict of interest. The integrity commissioner said, no harm, no foul. But there was one example. And then another example involves Paul Godfrey. Now, you, of course, many fans will remember Paul I Godfrey know. when he was the president of the Jays. But back in the day, in the 1970s, Paul Godfrey played a major role uh, bringing the Blue Jays to Toronto, bringing in an uh, MLB expansion team to Toronto. At the time, he was a city politician. So he basically rounded up the city support, Labatt support, CIBC support, all the owners. He was basically spearheading the group. Uh, so there was that. And then, um, you know, there were other things I played with, too. Like, you know, there were out of the 102 candidates, there were five candidates with last names of players or similar to players who played for the Jays. So Saunders is an example and, and stuff like that. So it was just a fun little article comparing the two. And then, of course, encouraging everyone to go out and vote. Get on vote. What, what did they so say I'm, on MTV? Vote or die? Something like that? Yeah, vote or die. <laughs> and um, if you go um, further into horrible South Parkism, it's vote or die, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um but in the midst of that i funny enough you mentioned some of that stuff that um is basically trivia stuff to me um you know here do you know what other teams were up or what other cities were up for expansions during the year the blue Jays were and then the um it would have been the, the following one would they turned into being the miami marlins and the uh, colorado Rockies. oh so we're talking like the 70s and 90s right yes okay so i could tell you buffalo would have been one because uh, that was where I was going. Yeah, because a couple of years ago, I did a post about Buffalo trying to be a major league city and they got Larry King involved. And there's a video of Larry King uh, sort of hosting this proposal. Come to um, Buffalo. It'll be OK. <laughs> we said something like, uh, I've seen a lot of baseball and I can tell you Buffalo would be a great spot. And of course, Salem Field was designed. It's designed as a minor league part, but they designed it in a way so that if there was a major league team, they could easily expand the kill the highway left field and keep yeah. stacking on the and honestly that's part of the reason that is for blue jays fans i highly recommend making a day trip some point if you can down to buffalo and going to a buffalo bisons game and seeing oh. some of the minor league toronto blue jays guys it is a different vantage point and a closeness to a game that you don't get in toronto absolutely you don't get that in most major league ballparks period i could second that uh, i've gone uh I haven't gone in the last few years, but I did go sort of in my what I call my PC days, pre-children. Um, but uh, yeah, we, me and my friend would go once a year. We'd get literally sit right behind home plate. Um, that was where I first saw Ryan Goins and where I first saw Kevin Pillar. And, uh, and uh, um, um, oh my goodness, why am I blanking? I was like, Rowdy Teles. Rowdy. And, um, you know, I saw Ricky Romero start with the Bisons and Drew Hutchison with the Bisons when they were, excuse me, when they were trying to, uh, figure themselves out and uh yeah no you're absolutely right it was an absolute blast um i love uh i don't know his name but uh hey hey you stink you stink the super fan 
Super I don't know his name, but he's, uh, there's the he's conehead a, that also runs around. And the conehead. Yeah. Awesome guy. Me and my buddy, we'd have a great time. We then head over to, um, what was it called? Galleria Mall in Cheektowaga. Yeah. Hit up the, uh, hit up the, um, hit up the restaurants there. And, uh, biggest suggestion as a semi closeness townie. Go to the ballpark and then go to Pearl Street Brewery right afterwards. Oh, yeah. Four, a four-floored bar. They make only their own beer outside the fact that they have some deal with the Sabres Arena where they have to serve blue light. <laughs> so, but who cares? Drink everything else on the menu because it's spectacular. And they have some of the best bar food I've ha- ever had in my life. So, but like there I you said, go. you will not have a problem getting a table because it's meant to handle everybody going to the hockey arena at night. So... It's the, the place to go down there. It's a really fun time. But then yeah. you can go before or after or just do what I did and forget that I went there afterwards. I had too many beers. <laughs> there might have been a certain co-host from this show that was uh, with me at the time. <laughs> yes, yes. there you go. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll come across the police report one of these days. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Shenanigans were had. Um, but to that point, it was a good time. And it's always a good time. So it's, it's a nice spot in Buffalo there where there's a lot of, like I said, food and bars you can walk right into and whatnot. And perfectly- it's right down by the arena. And perfectly po- uh, right near the Fort Erie border. Like, that's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Just coming in. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, Craig. When I first, I mean, I, I didn't go to Bison's games until the Jays were affiliated there. But I remember say, thinking to myself, holy shit, the Bison's have been around for, for many, many years. Why did I wait till they were affiliated with the Blue Jays to come visit? I could have gone. I should have. If I knew how good it was, I would have gone sooner. It doesn't matter if they yeah. were the Mets affiliate or the Pittsburgh's affiliate, Cleveland's affiliate. I should have gone earlier. I think I would have had a, a great time regardless of. Uh, For my last trivia thing, did you know that they were actually technically on two separate occasions a Major League Baseball team in Buffalo? I did not know that. I knew they used to play it's, in this gigantic War Memorial Stadium, but that's. Extru- well, that's, and funny enough, that's where the natural was filmed. Yeah. Um, so the Buffalo Bisons, they weren't the Buffalo Bisons at the time, but the Buffalo team that has been a AAA affiliate was technically part of the major leagues in like 1908 oh wow and somewhere around that twice so they were technically a major league baseball team for quote-unquote the modern era of baseball okay which i think is still hilarious and when then, we're in year 2023 and we're calling things in 1908 still the modern era of baseball. and I'm, I'm i'm forever grateful that buffalo was able to take the blue jays in in 2020 and 2021 I enjoyed uh, that severely. Well, of course, because yeah. <laughs> I, I got to, I got to only drive an hour to see them instead of four. Well, the only and the only problem is when they played the Yankees, it was like pretty much all Yankee crowds. But I couldn't well, get into those games. Thank, thank goodness, thank goodness, we had Buffalo. At least they gave yeah, them that little shanty to go in the outfield with as the blue, as the Yankees opposing uh, yeah. dugout and clubhouse and stuff. Yeah, and the Blue Jays have also put a lot of money into Salem Field. Now they've 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 redesigned it and and put in a lot of good. Amenities, and I just hope the Buffalo and Toronto relationship continue. It's perfect. It's a I, I don't want to go heaven. back. I don't want to have a fifth. Go back to the days of the fifty ones being the AAA team. Yeah, or I think they're called something completely different now. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. I was like, the what? <laughs> Besides oh, the Vegas, Aviators. Yeah, the Vegas, Vegas has to get ready. Years now. Vegas has to get ready for their uh, Oakland, basically. Yes, and uh, that was a fun topic to talk about last week too. So. But to that point, that'll be a good fun off-season one. Because uh, if they got a stadium, why isn't Tampa Bay good? <laughs> and just end all of our horrors for going to the trot. So anyway, Eric, I want to make sure I give you your uh, shameless self-promoting bit here. So, uh, you know, you were talking about your article, but tell us about not-so-Blue Jays talk or your website. 
I think you mean definitely not Blue Jays talk. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Definitely not Blue Jays talk. A blog I've been uh, running since 2012. Uh, dnjt.wordpress.com is where you can get it. Uh, if you find me on Twitter at the heck, T-H-E-H-E-K, there's a link there as well. And, uh, yeah, I try, you know, the, the idea is just to be an alternative to some of the other sites, you know, why talk about hitting and, and pitching when Jay's journal is going to be doing it and Jay's from the couch is doing it and bluebird banter is doing it. So I try to, I try to be, I don't want to oppose them. I'm not trying to compete with them because it's me versus you know, a team of 20 or so, so uh, with each site. So I just like to put something there. So, you know, when you're when you're done going through your Jay's Journal articles, come over to my site and have something, uh, a nice little uh, breath mint. And to that point, you're welcome here to rant anytime you want. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. By the way, before, uh, before we check out, happy Canada Day and uh, happy 4th of July to you. Same to you, everybody. And um, to that point, it wouldn't be completely opposed Manoa coming back up. But like I said, I just want to see the Blue Jays win on Canada Day. That's all I care about. And just like many Canadians and us Americans have a nice long weekend here, is I somehow have Monday and Tuesday off for the third and the fourth. Oh, lucky. We, we just, because uh, Canada okay. Day is on a, on a Saturday. So uh, Monday is, is the stat holiday. So gotcha. That's, that's the observed it. day. Exactly. <laughs> So either way, I hope everybody has a fun time. I know you all do about the same kind of things we do on a summer holiday where you barbecue out and enjoy it, but hopefully a ball game (laughs) and have some fun. So, okay. And on that note, you all see me here Monday evening, just like usual. (laughs) So um, Blue Jays fans until next week, make sure you join us and listen in wherever you get your podcasting. No picks to click, by the way? No picks to click? Well, I don't have enough people here, but if you want to give me your pick. Oh, sure. Why not? Uh, Okay, I think I picked Brendan Belt last time, so I'm just gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the hot-handed. Uh, hopefully, he stays hot-handed because he's coming out of it uh, of his little slump. But Matt Chapman, okay, Matt Chapman. Right. Um, unfortunately, Ken finally lost. It looks like <laughs> he had Spencer oh. Horowitz because he was leading on him. You know, to that point, if he got some picks, when Belt was gonna be out longer, it might not have been a bad one. Oh, I'm sorry. So, who did you say? Uh, I'm gonna go with Chapman, Chappie, Chappie. So then Jano's carried over for Jace. And then I had, I might have actually, no, no, Vlad won last week for the guest spot finally. So the guest spot got a second one on the board and tied with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shoot, who do I want to pick? Just because you're here tonight, Eric, I'm going to pick double K. Oh, boy. (laughs) You you made fun of me about it earlier. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, everyone makes fun of you about it. I'm still butthurt about the whole thieving thing. That's about it. <laughs> so that doesn't mean I have to dislike that he's on the team. <laughs> so anyways, Blue Jays fans, make sure you tune in every week, every Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern, unless we have our friend Eric here who likes the hour delay, get home from work or whatever shenanigans he's up to. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. No, it worked out Thank well. You for the delay. I had a great time. Um, make sure you join us every Monday night. And we can join around and have some more talk here on Blue Jays watch or Jaybird watching and talk Blue Jays baseball in our barroom chat style fun. Make sure you get us on YouTube or wherever you get your uh, social media. We are going to start having trivia things every weekday evening. So if you're watching the game, join in with us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even LinkedIn. I'm being that guy. <laughs> and so um, it'll be posted also as a YouTube short. So you can be able to find it there as well. And make sure you get listen in wherever you get your podcasting pleasures where, from, because that is the actual original home of Jaybird watching. Until next week, though, 
Eric, you remember the deal? <laughs> <laughs> two claps One, and Ric Flair. Two, three. Woo! Gail Joseph. Kelly Gruber. Kelly Gruber. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.